0: and thanks for listening to In One Ear and Out The Other, a veterinary podcast for dairy farmers and their farm staff, brought to you by Anexa Vets. I'm Emma Franklin, one of the vets at Anexa and throughout this podcast series I'm chatting with other vets and some dairy farmers about a whole range of different animal health topics that can affect dairy cows in New Zealand. I hope you enjoy. Today I'm joined by Kelly Goodair. Hi Kelly. Hi Emma, how are you? I'm great, thank you. I've asked Kelly to join me today to record this episode because I really wanted to talk about the importance of training heifers and getting them used to the shed before calving. Kelly was the obvious choice to talk to about this because not only has she been working at Anexa for several years as a large animal technician, she also worked at Dairy NZ as a research tech for several years before that, after finishing her agri-science degree at Massey. But the real clincher is that she is also a dairy farmer. She's been contract milking with her husband for, what, five, six years now? Yeah, something like
1: that. Yeah, it's been a while.
0: So thank you, Kelly, for taking the time out of your very, very busy life (laughs) to talk to me today about this topic.
1: No problem. I know it's a very important job to get done and how much of a difference it does make to us as farmers and us as techs as well. Absolutely. Now...
0: I think I have a little bit of a confession to make because when I first suggested to Kelly that we get together to talk about training heifers, I have to admit that I was really thinking with my vet hat on and so I was thinking about the importance of training those girls for the day that the techs turn up to administer the teat sealant, so before calving, doing our teat sealing, because we know that the introduction of teat sealants has completely revolutionised the heifer mastitis rates around calving and into early lactation. The original research that was done here at Annexa showed a reduction in clinical mastitis of about 70%. However, Kelly, with her farmer hat on, (laughs) quite rightly reminded me of how important it is for every farmer. It's not just those that are teat sealing their heifers, but those
1: heifers are well-trained before calving. Hmm. It's definitely for our benefit as techs and yours as farmers. So like anything you can do to get those heifers trained before you're calving makes your carving so much easier. Because if they're trained through the shed, they know what to expect and everything like that. It's the difference between pushing seventy, eighty heifers on one by one into the shed, or just pushing the last ten of those stubborn last girls.
0: And that's at calving time when obviously the days time. are busy, people are tired yep.
1: and people have enough to do otherwise. And you're exhausted. Yeah. So you don't exactly want to be manually pushing another. <laughs> Okay. A teeth through the shed, do you?
0: So that's a very good reason as to why we should do it. Now let's talk about how we do it. So I think we'll leave the teat sealing bit to the end because yeah. I still want to talk about that. But first of all, let's run through how somebody would approach the job of training their heifers, regardless whether they're
1: teat sealing or not teat sealing. Yeah, so I guess the first few tricks is you've got to remember that those heifers haven't actually seen Concrete in many years have been out at the runoff. There's just dirt and rock out there. So them going on to The shed on the concrete is going to be a, a weird feel a weird sound for them and It's just going to be very odd. So you've got to be very calm collected You want to make sure that every trip to that shed is as positive as possible So yes, I the, guess
0: a heifer going to concrete for the first mm-hmm. time It's like a human walking on ice for the first time. It is deadly
1: slippery and you feel
0: so out of control that you're going to be more likely to spook at anything.
1: Pretty much. So that first entry onto the shed, you really want to do it in the morning before they get their next feed. So again, it's a positive reinforcement. So if you bring them to the shed, just let them settle by themselves. So leave them there 15, 20, half an hour. They'll get used to it, they'll get used to the sound, make sure you don't have any dogs around, make sure you're not loud, and make sure there's no loud music or anything on as well. And so that first visit, get them used to the concrete, let them settle, and then give them their feed for the day. Perfect, which I guess sort of mirrors what happens once they join the milking
0: herd. After calving, exactly. they'll be coming, getting milked, come to the shed, and then they go away and have their feed. So it's setting up those routines and habits early.
1: Yep, yeah, exactly.
0: If we've got in shed feed systems, should we be trying to use those or will the heifers not really know what to do with them at this stage?
1: Not on that first visit, but if you've got the in shed feeding, you might as well start using it because any feed incentive is positive. So on that first day that you're going to take them through the bone, if you do have a bone, what you want to do is just open up both gates and let them walk through at their own pace. So if there's feed in there, the old one might stop, have a nibble and then they'll carry on to their grass paddock for the rest of the day. That's your day one. On your day two, what you want to have is potentially someone just standing in the pit. So those two gates are still open and have just have that person standing there still so that the use of that person standing there because that's where you're gonna be when you're milking.
0: So on first day there was nobody in the shed, nobody in the pit, just the heifers having a sniff and a nosy yep. and walking through at their own pace. Perfect. Day two we've got a human standing in the pit so that yep. they can get used to that person being there, but the gates are still open.
1: Gates are still open. Okay. Yep. What's next? So the next day you've still got that person standing in the pit, you want to start closing the gates mm-hmm. at different intervals. So you don't want to slam it in front of their face or anything like that. certainly just, not as somebody is, you know, as they're having
0: a no, run
1: through. Yeah. No, no. So hopefully they're not running too fast or anything like that. But they need to get used to that gate closing, what it sounds like. Yeah. Something being in front of them, Mm -hmm. and then they'll slowly start packing up against each other as well, and that feel of cow-to-cow contact.
0: Which, of course, is not actually a sensation that they experience that much outside, because obviously when they're out in the paddock, they don't tend to bunch right up against each other very much, so it's something else they have to learn. No, exactly, and at the runoff,
1: it's a vet race. It's a long, singular vet race, and it's just you know, their butt to head. It's not side to side contact with the cows. They're used to it.
0: I think as humans, we spend so much time in the cow shed that we forget that it's completely new for them. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, really exactly. good. Okay, you're talking about sort of on the first day and the second day and the third yeah. day. Do these days all have to be consecutive? Is it important to do it every single day or can we have gaps between days?
1: No, you don't have to do it every single day. It's just kind of those different steps that you do. So if it's convenient for your paddock sizes and their breaks, if they say two, three breaks per paddock and you don't want to have to run them through that grass and and chew up that ground through the same gateway every single day, that's fine. It's just the first day in that paddock and then when they're transferring paddocks. Should we be trying to multitask and get lots of jobs done at the same time as we're bringing these heifers through? No, definitely not. Definitely not right at the start at least. So you've got to remember, every trip to the shed has to be positive. Okay. So things like air tagging, drenching, vaccinating, those are all a negative thing. Yeah. Because they don't want you touching them, do they? No. They don't even want each other touching them. So all of those first few visits, you just want nice, quiet shed, cow-to-cow contact, feed, positive reinforcement. Okay. So you've, you've set them through the shed, they know what the gate close feels like now, and now you want to start rolling them up properly, getting okay. used to that part. Okay, very good. Now,
0: all of this sounds very specific to herringbones. Yes. What about for people who are using a rotary shed? Because cows aren't ever going to be bunched up touching each other. So what different tips
1: would you have for somebody using a rotary? So you still want that first visit to be the same. Get used to the concrete, get used to the sound, the feel, and just be settled in that environment. The next day, um, instead of With the hearing aid running them straight through and not closing the gate, what you want to do is run them through that little side gate so that you don't want them to go fully onto the platform, but there's that gate that you can open to go out the exit race. Mm -hmm. So they get used to the motion of getting close to it, having a bit of a look in there, but also going through that motion of, I'm on the yard, I've been to the shed, I'm through the exit race onto my new paddock. And while this is all
0: going on, I guess we can have the platform moving at a nice, slow speed so that, again, they're getting sort of used to the sounds of the machinery and used to the fact that the rotary is moving, even though they're not actually on the platform itself.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's important to get them used to all of those sounds. So, yeah, that would be perfectly fine.
0: Okay. Okay. So what else
1: do we do then for training them onto the rotary? So you've done the run-through through the exit race. So the next one you want to do, again, it doesn't have to be the very next day, but then you've got to start manually pushing each one onto the platform itself. Yeah, because they're not really going to want to go on there by themselves without a bit of encouragement, are they? No, not exactly. But again, if you've got in-shed feeding, it's definitely going to help you in that sense. Mm -hmm. Um, So obviously have that on, but don't don't waste your feed. Just have a little bit there because the girls aren't used to it, but it is an incentive, so it's worth having. Can I just
0: take a little aside on this point and remind people that pushing heifers onto platforms should not involve twisting of tails, that if you need to move a heifer, I'm five foot three, you can't see me on the podcast, but I'm five foot three and I can turn around and put my back to a heifer's backside or a 600 kilo cow backside and push her into a head bale, you know, with a little bit of grunting, but I I usually achieve it.
1: I just want to give a plug for not twisting the tails, please. No, definitely that is a very good point. And you also don't want to accidentally break them by doing that because, again, long-term issues through that.
0: Oh, it's massively painful. Mm. And even if it's not a visible break, it's still going to cause a lot of pain. So leave the tails alone. Yeah. Right. Back to the, back to the point at hand, shall we?
1: <laughs> yeah, so what we want to do is obviously that area coming up to the entry of the rotary is quite wide. So if you've got some extra gags around to skinny that up, ah, yes. that'll help narrow that up to be able to push them. So you are going um, to
0: funnel those heifers in towards the rotary, Yes, yep. definitely. And if you've
1: got a few people with you, that's obviously going to be a big help. Mm-hmm. So you want to just slowly get them up there, push a couple at a time onto the platform, have the platform moving slowly. You're going to have someone down on the on-off switch of your platform as well, potentially, depending on where that is. Yep let them go through a rotation it's going to take a while so just accept that that is your one task that day yes get the heifers on get them used to it be nice quiet settled no music on at this first stage and let them exit okay there is some really
0: sound advice in there kelly thank you for just training your heifers no matter what the reason but i would like to talk about the teat sealing specifically yeah so Tell me, what else could you add, or what else should a farmer be thinking about if they are specifically training heifers with a 7 sealing job in mind?
1: Yeah, so a couple of things to think about is the type of feed that they're on a few days beforehand. I know it's the time of year that we're all grazing our new grass and stuff like that. That's going to go through them like... Water? Like water, basically. <laughs> yeah. They're going yep. to be very fluid. Yes. And you don't want a lot of... Dumb around when you're teat sealing. Anything that's going to reduce the hygiene aspect of it yeah. is not very good. So what you want to do is feed them something fibrous. If you've got some hay around for the few days leading up to it, silage, anything like that. So basically we're bonging up those
0: poos so that when they hit the concrete it's not splashing up and spraying Onto other animals' teeth or onto their own teeth.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's going to go all over their tails and they're going to be flicking that around everywhere and it's going to make a really hard job for the girls to make sure it's nice and clean and perfect for you. Okay, fair enough.
0: So tell me, what happens? So we've talked a lot about training heifers through the shed. but what happens if things don't go according to plan as, you know, sometimes they don't and the heifers are late coming home or perhaps they're... You know, this there's work being done in the shed and the shed isn't available to train the heifers or something like that. What's the plan B for people?
1: So we do have a cell trailer. Yep. It's basically like a mini herringbone on wheels. Uh-huh. How we use that is we reverse it up to your loading ramp and we run the heifers on there. They do five, six, seven at a time, depending on the size of them. On, off, and it's pretty it's pretty quick now. We can do all running well about fifty an hour. That sounds really good.
0: We don't only have to use a herringbone or a rotary. No. We do have a third option. Yes, we do, definitely. which can also
1: be used. You know, if animals are still away at grazing or whatever the case may be. Yeah, perfect. Or if your rotary is not quite appropriate for it, like if there's no kick rail or something like that, we can use the trailer. Okay, Make perfect. Make it safer, easier for everyone. Excellent.
0: Right. So I think people should be really well prepared on the day if they've followed all of your tips so far. But what about on the day itself? So we've we've arrived at Teat Selling Day. What do the farmers need to be thinking of or what do they need to have
1: ready in order to be getting that job done as efficiently and safely as possible? So you want to have a couple of farm staff there on hand. Okay. It's very important to have more than one staff member there to assist where needed and road them up. What we're going to do is we would use one side of the bone, not both. Mm-hmm. So if they're more trained on one side... That's great, let us know what side that is. We'll work on that. Reason being is to reduce... The amount of poos flying everywhere. All of our gear is going to sit on one side of the herringbone. We're going to work on the other. Okay, so you're keeping all of your product and your equipment and all of your gear well out of the
0: splash zone yep. because they are going to weigh and they are going to pull yep. when they come in there. So you're keeping the gear clean. Okay, yep.
1: Makes yep. sense. Exactly. Um, and your temperament as well. So again, you don't want to be too loud so You're stressed or anything like that. Like I know it is a stressful time, but it doesn't have to be.
0: Yeah, and I guess being, again, it's about being prepared, isn't it? So making sure that the humans have all had a bit of a break. They've all had time to have their breakfast, their fed, and they know that this is the job that's happening today. So they're not trying to rush away knowing that they've got a long list of other jobs to get done after teat sealing. This is what's happening, and they can focus on that and be calm and patient. Yeah. I would say, you know, as my years as a dairy vet I've come across some people who maybe don't have the temperament for the job at all so I would suggest that (laughs) you know perhaps finding some jobs down the farm for that person to do on the day like some people just aren't designed to be there during
1: teat sealing. It just stresses them out too much so yep Joe Blog needs to go away and fix the fence down there perfect excellent yeah, yeah. okay we're, we're in agreement
0: on that one then I think. yeah definitely
1: it's not for everyone and i understand that and that's all good
0: yeah that's fantastic kelly i think just to summarize training heifers it may take some time now but that is really going to pay off that time investment is really going to pay off because you will gain back so much more at calving time
1: once those girls are used to the shed. Yeah, not, one, not only that, but you've also made sure that that process of teat sealing is done as hygienic as possible so that you're going to have less mastitis as well with them coming in. Brilliant,
0: yep. Secondly is the positive reinforcement, so make every time they come to the shed as positive as possible, so not doing anything untoward to them for the first few visits there until they're really well settled and recognise the shed as a happy
1: place to be. Yeah. Perfect. And also making sure that you're feeding them afterwards as as well. Milking process to reinforce that.
0: Okay, get those habits set in place nice and early. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. And if your cowshed isn't suitable for whatever reason, then we do have the option of using the teat sealing trailer.
1: Yep, and don't be afraid to ask. Excellent.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm going to call it a day there. Thank you so much, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of In One Ear and Out The Other. You can listen to all our previous episodes on our website, anexa.co.nz, or wherever it is you get your podcasts from. And you can click subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thanks for listening and talk to you again soon.